The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52 to... <laughs> everyone and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Crumpetage. Hi. Hey there, Mitch. This week on the show, we have a trade to talk about and free agency recently opened and the Suns are running it back, plus another edition. So we'll talk about all those in just a minute here. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes Leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. Shout-outs are in order for our bet question. Last week, our bet question didn't really happen because we traded the pick before the draft. So we're just kind of going to skip that. But shout-out to at Dunks on Twitter because I forgot to give him a shout-out from Game 3 of the finals. So <laughs> we're just going to do that in place of our last bet question. So shout out to at Sunderstunks on Twitter. And we're going to be putting the the bet question on hold for a little bit here because we don't really have anything to bet on quite yet. So just hold tight. We'll bring it back during the season. And summer league betting seems a bit questionable since none of these guys have any affiliation to the Suns at all, except maybe Jalen Smith seems like maybe. he'll be yeah, yeah, we don't really know at this point. <laughs> so we'll yeah. we'll uh we'll cool it on that for a little bit. All right. We have a trade. This happened uh for the draft. We were all kind of looking forward to that number 29 pick. There were a few guys at that spot we wanted to take a chance on, but before that we find out we traded Javon Carter and the number 29 pick to the Brooklyn Nets in return for Landry Shamit. Shamit's a, you can pretty much write him in as our backup shooting guard next year. A solid shooter, does a little bit of everything, has a relationship with Monty Williams from the past. Seems like they're uh, pretty guys there. So just seems like an all-around good fit and a guy that will be able to play right away when we start next season. Yeah, I was happy with this. A little anticlimactic, I will say. I love the draft, so yeah. I was getting excited to see what we would do. But, I mean, this is the best move we could have made. Javon Carter didn't do much for us last season. I know a lot of people loved him. I liked him, but just didn't do a whole lot for us. And Landry Shamit is way better than anyone we were going to pick at 29. So I essentially look at this as picking Landry Shamit 29 in this year's draft. And I'm okay with that. Right. It's a it's a win now move, no doubt. Uh, Javon, he will be missed. He was a he was the cheerleader on the bench. He was always the one most hyped up. Uh, I just think that his attitude, the team kind of embodied that throughout the season. I think he was a bit of the reason why the culture was the way it was carrying over from, you know, the bubble. I just think that will be the main thing that we miss. Yeah, we didn't see a ton of production on the court from him last year and who knows maybe in Brooklyn he gets a 
he gets a shot. Those guys can use some defenders and behind Kyrie and Harden. I mean, someone's got to take those minutes, so maybe that's him. But the thing I'm most disappointed about, there's a couple guys who I, I liked that were still around at 29. And yeah. Dayron Sharp, the guy that the, the Nets end up picking with our pick, was kind of my main target there. And I think the Suns probably had some interest to him to some extent if they were picking there. Yeah, I I agree with that. And Dayron Sharp being the one picked there, I think is kind of funny because yeah. we were both like, yeah, this guy would be a great fit. I still don't mind. I think this is a good move. And you were actually that Landry Shamit is known as just like a saint, like everyone loves him and he's a really good guy. Right. So that's always good to have too. And that's, oh, yeah. those are the kind of guys that James Jones and Monty Williams like anyway. So it seems like he'll fit in very well within the culture. Totally. I think that's just as important as uh, maybe not quite, but production on the court. I mean, these guys have to get along. They're, they're stuck together for most of the year. They're traveling all over the place. They're on the court together. It, it matters. And I think that, getting guys like that who can produce like we know Shamit can it's a great situation and if you look at some of Shamit's numbers kind of like a microwave scorer a bit coming off the bench a little streaky but it wouldn't be crazy to see him go for 20 points in a few games next year because he can just get it going like that he's a great three-point shooter yeah big upgrade over Carter good size too Landry Shamit's got got a little bit of size to him. Um, like you said, good shooter, and he can kind of do a little bit of everything. And that's always nice to have in a backup guard. Totally. And we look at the times where I personally wasn't a fan of this, but when Chris Paul and campaign ended up sharing the court throughout the playoffs when Booker came off, it just felt like that wasn't the the right fit for for a lot of reasons, I guess. And I think Shamit, more of a true shooting guard, a guy who can let campaign or Chris Paul take control of the ball and run the run the team rather than have to decide who's doing what each time. I, I don't much deal, but you see it. I mean, uh, when Cam's on the court and Chris isn't, he's going to be bringing up the ball pretty much every time and vice versa. But when the two of them are there, it's always like, who's who's going to be running this one? I don't love Cam or Chris off ball. So that that's where Shamit fits in so nice. Yeah, definitely. The the Chris Paul campaign minutes were pretty ugly. And this is a nice fit. And we've said this for a long time that we need a backup shooting guard. And we really never had a great backup shooting guard, whether it's uh Javon Carter or whether it's campaign being kind of forced into that position. That never really worked too well. So this fills a need for sure. Right. And I wonder if Galloway and Moore were the plan. I wonder if we were assuming that they'd take those minutes, they'd snatch up every minute that Booker's not on the court, but it just yeah. never happened. I wonder if that was the uh, case. But I imagine it was. Yeah. And we'll we'll see where those guys end up because I, I don't think anyone signed anywhere. I I believe no. Galloway had, there were some talks about the Bulls, hmm. possibly, but some big moves too, so who knows. They have, if that's they're going to be an interesting team. They right. might shoot more mid-range jumpers than us. 
Yeah, free agency <laughs> free agency has been wild in just a couple days here. And while yes. we're at it, let's just hop into it. And the big news, obviously, Chris Paul says we're running it back. He comes back for a four-year deal, $120 million, which is a long time and a lot of money for a 36, 37-year-old player. But, He'll be 41 in that last year. Yeah, so... <laughs> It was a little shocking to see this. I think everybody was a little shocked when they saw it because the details weren't included right away. And now it's sounding like the third year of the deal is partially guaranteed for $15 million. I believe we can just cut him at any point of that season, pay him just the 15, and then we're done with it. I'm not exactly sure how the partially guaranteed part works in that. But year four is a team option. So that will be yeah. the uh, oh, that will probably be a pretty easy decision to make at that point. If yeah, if, if Chris yeah. is still doing it, why not give him thirty million? But that that's a long way away. Right. Yeah. And ultimately, this is a pretty friendly team deal. And as opposed to what would we have paid him if he would have just opted in to his forty four? I believe forty four. Yeah. So this actually saves us some money this year and then next year 30 million for sure and then the year after is that partially guaranteed 15 million right yeah this this will just help us with the luxury tax a little bit is mm-hmm. the the main w there for the organization but yeah. i mean this is a situation where you can't let chris paul walk and Imagine what it would have been like had we just let him go and he signed this deal somewhere else. People would have oh. thought we were insane. Right. But then the same on the flip side, people think we're insane for this four year, 30 million per deal. But yeah. this exact same thing was said when he re-signed with that uh, deal with the Rockets. I went on Reddit. I looked for the thread when he signed <laughs> with the Rockets and they were... The one compared to the one where he just signed with the Suns, they're like mirror images. People are saying the exact same things. Is that going to happen again? Is Chris Paul going to be playing at this high level for four more years? <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah. I, I think you got to give Chris the benefit of the doubt for this year and next year. I, 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 yeah, He's got to be able to do it through there, and I think everyone feels confident that he can. The other thing I think that is interesting to note is he had surgery on his wrist. Right. So we all knew there was something up with that, and he didn't really look like himself. So it doesn't sound like it's going to be a a long timetable for recovery. But we all saw it coming. And then I saw that announced and just kind of thought, yeah, there was definitely an issue after, after that series against the Clippers. It was really apparent in the finals. I know, and it was so tough because when you're talking about signing a guy this old to a four-year deal, you go look back through the season and think, can he do this four more times? The regular season, did you notice anything wrong with Chris Paul the entire time? Not at all. Not a darn thing. But until the playoffs where he gets the weird shoulder injury, COVID, and then the wrist. That yeah. all happens, and then towards the end of, well, most of the Bucks series, Chris Paul's looking pretty rough. And then that's when the, you know, the nephews on the internet, they're saying, oh, Chris Paul's washed. Yeah, he always guys, does. Did you guys not watch the last 
85 games that we just played, he looked pretty darn good. He's just beat up. And, you know, give him a, give him this off season. We're running it back. It's not all new again. I, I have a lot of confidence in Chris. He's also vegan. I don't know if you know that. Right. That's, <laughs> that's why he's still doing it at this rate. That's why he's, it, how is he vegan when he looks like a meatball? <laughs> he looks like a meatball. He's he's pretty stocky and short for an NBA point yeah. guard, kind of like in the Kyle Lowry range almost. <laughs> Not quite to that extent. Vegan Kyle Lowry. I think that'd be a good way to explain Chris Paul's <laughs> range. Kyle Lowry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man. Without all the junk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do think he can do this though for at at minimum another year. He might slow down in that second year. I mean, especially as you're getting into the late 30s, that's like, it it doesn't happen nearly as often. But if anyone's going to play that well into their, you know, almost being 40, that's Chris Paul, LeBron. I guess Carmelo is kind of doing this now. Kind of, yeah. yeah. But not to the same extent that LeBron and Chris Paul are. So, you know, there's only a handful of guys that, can ever do this and he's one of them right yep i'm i'm just very happy we got him back and how can you not be excited for this team to you know have the whole core come back again and give it another shot after what we just witnessed in that finals run i mean it, it's perfect and to move on with that talking about a perfect deal cameron Payne, a perfect deal for the suns cameron Payne, three years 19 million dollars after some of those playoff performances, people were talking campaigns going to be getting 13 mil, 15 mil per year this offseason. I heard a lot of talks like that. And then we wind up getting him for less than seven per year. That's a that's a nice haul for us. Yeah. And I think it's really what you said on our last episode, that he recognizes what the Suns did for him and kind of paid him back by going with a really team-friendly deal. Yeah, I, I kind of think that has something to do with it. And then he's also watching Chris Paul get absolutely paid until the twilight of his career, and he mm-hmm. thinks, maybe I'm next. Maybe I'm the next CP15, <laughs> and and now they're going to treat me like this if I can play at a at a high level similar to Chris, which is a, mm-hmm. that's a quite a long step to take, but I, I think... I think the Suns organization are just doing things right all of a sudden. James yeah. Jones, man, it, it's yeah. a big shout out there. He's the best. I, I feel great about it. And having him back, that's a that's a guy, look back to the bubble. It seems like ages ago now. But we relied <laughs> on him a ton in that yeah. bubble to be our point guard. And he delivered. So... Having him as the option for when Chris Paul needs a break, needs a night off, we out a back-to-back. I like having a guy of his caliber that we can just toss in there. Yeah, and in in all reality, I'm actually not the biggest fan of campaign. The way he plays is a little sporadic. I think he tries to get to the rim and throw up shots that are just not very smart. They get blocked. But he's still good. There aren't any better options. And we're talking backup point guard. His competition is George Hill. 
and Corey Joseph. And I don't even know who else, but guys like that, who campaign is definitely a step better than those guys. Totally. Yeah. And I think he's just 26 years old right now too. Yeah. So he fits in with the guys, uh, Cameron Johnson, 25 bridges, Booker, 24, I believe. I think Booker's about to turn 25, but October. Yeah. I I mean, it, it makes sense. And one more thing that I'm looking for, throughout the rest of free agency here is campaigns backup, the third string point guard for, yeah. for those nights where Chris really does need time off. And maybe we don't want to roll point Booker. I don't think Shamit plays much point guard at all. So yeah. maybe another guy to just round out the depth that the point guard position might be a nice uh, use for the rest of our MLE or our biannual. Yeah. And that may be uh, each one more situation yeah that might not be bad on the team uh you know i don't know who else is even an option really at this point but there may be an undrafted free agent or a guy who stands out in summer league or something like that but i think i'd rather have etuan more than anyone in that position maybe mike james (laughs) definitely not mike (laughs) oh man All right. Moving it along. Something that we talked about all year last year. I think this is the the answer to our prayers and our questions. JaVale McGee, of all men, JaVale (laughs) McGee, signs a one-year, $5 million deal with the Suns. It's out of our MLE money, so we still have $4.5 million we can shoot out to someone else. But JaVale fills a huge need for us. That was just glaringly obvious throughout the playoffs. And what a perfect fit for minutes behind Aiton. Yeah, I'm excited about this. McGee has come a long way. Sure, he's probably going to make some boneheaded plays, but what backup center doesn't? People are just in love with Rashawn Holmes. I remember some boneheaded Rashawn Holmes Oh, plays. Yeah. yeah. And look at how much Holmes just got paid. No thank you. That's That's rough. Right. So, yeah, I am absolutely on board with this one year of JaVale McGee, $5 million, see what he can do. And then, you know, we think when we're thinking long term, we find another big man in the draft or we hope Jalen Smith develops a little bit more. And Jalen Smith can learn a lot from JaVale, probably. Sure. I mean, JaVale McGee playing on our Olympic team right now with Booker, which yep. is kind of cool. I hope. I wonder how how long those two have known that this was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you know, while. but I, I bet it was a fun little celebration for them once it became official. So that, that was just kind of neat. And then the other cool little bit about this was during the Nuggets series, after one of the games, JaVale McGee was in in garbage time. And he was playing hard. He he uh, looked like it looked like they should have been playing him a little more. But it's tough to do that when you have Jokic out on the court. It's tough to play both those guys, obviously. But he came in, played hard during garbage minutes, and then after one of the games, Chris Paul pulls him aside. I'm not sure if this was after the series or just after one of the games. But Chris Paul and him are walking and talking and. You know, the the famous cover your mouth while you talk, while the cameras are on you, they're doing that. Uh, 
that may have been the moment where this whole thing opened. Chris said something like, hey, man, I really like how you're busting it out there. Even though you, the game's over and you guys are going to lose, you played till the played to the horn. And I appreciate that. And then, you know, not even a month later, boom, free agency signing in Phoenix. Yeah, absolutely. And now it's time for my annual get rid of the tampering rules tangent that I go. Yeah, on. it's so stupid. Everyone is tampering. Just let it happen. <laughs> That's where I'm at with it at this point. It's more dramatic. It's why we love basketball. It's why we love free agency. Free agency is more fun than some regular season games. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let them tamper. Let them do it. They're all doing it anyway. So I think the league should encourage tampering. Encourage tampering. <laughs> I'm okay to encourage it as long as the finals are over. As long as the season's yeah, actually yeah. over, I, I don't see why we got to wait until, you know, a couple days ago to get this whole thing started. We could be good. Right. We know it's happening. There's nothing they can do about it. So uh, maybe maybe don't encourage tampering. Fine. Maybe not. Maybe not. Just the rules are so stupid and they're so obsolete because no one follows them. So... I guess it wouldn't no. be that exciting if the rules weren't there, though. So maybe just keep it how it is. Maybe make it all public somehow. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. Yo, great. put it on ESPN. They run a commercial every 90 seconds of the show, and yeah. everybody wins except the viewer. Anyways, yeah. we'll keep it moving. Abdul Nader, back on the team, too. Two-year deal, $4.2 million, so $2.1 per year for Dooley. Nice to bring him back, especially after seeing Tory Craig go sign with the Pacers. Yeah. Monty Williams loves Abdul Nader, apparently. So So do we, though, you know? Yeah. We don't he, really have any reason to love him, but we do. Yeah. He, he was decent in the minutes that he played this season. The injury was very unfortunate. But I don't mind this. It's a really, really cheap deal, so why not? Right, and we had his uh, bird rights, so we were able to go over the cap to pay him oh. really whatever we wanted. So this didn't take away from the MLE or BAE or anything like that. So okay, that's just good. all all in all, a good deal, a good fit. I think he he fits what Monty wants to coach, and yep. you know he's he's cool with his role too. He he's not going to expect to be jacking up ten shots per game or starting over McHale or something. I right. As a relative, yeah, I guess he's not a young player. He's 27, 28. I don't know. I, just that's a, that's young. That's really young. Well, for a for an NBA roster, is that young though? No, but just when you draft 18 general. year olds, <laughs> that's yeah, that is pretty wild. He's almost 10 years older than right. And these guys come into the league right now. Yeah, that's that's pretty nuts. Yeah. But anyways, I think obviously a great fit there fills the need at the wing. Also, another spot we could maybe try to get someone on a veteran minimum or something to come compete with Nader for those minutes. But power forward, too, I think we could go there. There's a bunch of different routes we could go. We could get up to one contract worth 4.5, one contract worth 3.7 for the biannual. And then veteran minimums we can hand out like candy. Right. And I would love to bring Kelly Oubre back on on like a minimum contract. That would be so sweet. Oh, that'd be, that'd be <laughs> kind of sweet, but I don't think 
It's not going to happen. Tsunami Poppy could take that uh, bullet to the ego by signing for yeah. half an MLE. <laughs> he was saying, I think he was getting MLE offers for $9.5 million, and he was turning those all down, saying that he he wants more. So apparently he wants $10 million plus. We're not giving it to him, no, sadly. I don't think anyone's giving that to him. I, I don't know. I'm sure he was. I know. It, the shooting numbers were pretty bad at the start of last year. They were really, really bad. He improved a bit as the year went on. But, I mean, the guy's never averaged two assists per game in his career oh, as man. a wing. You can't, you can't do that if you're going to be that poor of a shooter, too. If you can score 25 a game on efficient shooting, I don't think anyone's going to give a crap if you can assist at all. <laughs> right, right. But that, that's not the case. Yeah. No, I, I do like, though, the idea of point guard depth. I think that is a huge need. And it may be each one more, but I I don't know. I think we could do a little bit better. Uh, and then power forward depth. I still think another big man could be helpful unless Jalen Smith just looks a lot better. But this is where we really miss Dario. Dario would be so great as just like the third power forward option at this point. Right. And that really sucks that he's hurt right now. Yeah. And then I, I like him being a third string center, yeah. being able to actually go small and then take Aiton and or McGee off the court in those situations. That, that'd be really nice. But discount Dario Frank Kaminsky could definitely be brought back for a veteran. Yeah, league. maybe Frank, maybe Frank. <laughs> I don't know where else he would go. I, it's kind of sad to think about. It is. I mean, after the if Kings, the Kings yeah, him yeah. last year, yeah, which man, I do not know what the Kings are doing uh, to no, pay Rashawn Holmes that much. I was shocked to see that number. What was it? It was like 22 million a year or something. That is wild. I want. Let me double check this because as I say that, I'm like, that can't be right. <laughs> I mean, he he puts up pretty decent numbers, but it's it seems like a lot of it is just numbers. He doesn't okay, help you win. Here we go. I was off. Four years, fifty five million dollars. Still way too much. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's plenty for Rashawn. Uh, no one knows what the he had a good season, but ugh, and Alex Len too. There you go, big Lenny. He's gonna come haunt us back in the Western Conference. Uh-oh. Yeah, oh boy. Uh oh. No, that that's great though because honestly, in situations like that, some jokester who happens to be seven feet tall, and then we have to toss Dario out there against them. I never love those situations because. Dario can get bullied. He can yeah. get outsized down there. That does happen. But JaVale McGee, that, that's not going to happen. Right. Not at all. Yeah. At his age and size and the ability to play over the rim, blocking shots, grabbing rebounds, I mean, it's great. I, I never thought I'd be so excited about JaVale McGee yeah. joining the team. The other thing is JaVale, JaVale McGee is very funny. He's a, he's a character. Yeah. And... Every team needs a guy like that. And we've got a little bit of that right now with like the Mikhail Bridges campaign dance competition and all of that. Yeah. But 
I think we were lacking a little bit of that character. That's where Kelly Oubre really fit that mold really well. And JaVale is going to be a nice guy for that. We only have him for a year, but he's the personality, the character. And we can joke about Frank Kaminsky, but I think he has a little bit of say in that too. That's I think true. he's a sure. he's a locker room favorite, and I kind of want to see those two bloom into great friends. Yes, and Aiton has some of that too with the oh, big for chain. Sure. And, oh, yeah, Aiton does have that person, but not like Javale. Javale is very funny. Nice. Yeah. One last thing about Javale. With all the boneheaded stuff, like, you know, he's featured on Shacting a Fool for he's his entire career. MVP. But, but guess what? Who's still in the league? Who's That's still right. making $5 million this year? Who's playing for the Olympic team right now? You can joke around about the guy all you want, but he, he still has a place in the NBA and a solid role on pretty much every team in the league. I mean, yeah. he's a backup center no matter where he goes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, he's solid, fundamental kind of guy. And then, yeah, you, you kind of mentioned this earlier, but losing Tory Craig going to the Pacers, which <laughs> maybe it's just because of the injury to TJ Warren, but the Pacers just seem like the, the kind of place where players like him go to just fade away. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of feel for I mean, he got more money than we would have given him. So I guess right. it's good for him. But, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to make much of an impact there. Oh, they shipped off McBugget. McBuggets. McBugget. <laughs> they I'm shipped him that. to uh, – yeah, please do. They, he's on the Spurs now. So the they Spurs, opened up man. some uh, yeah. weird move for the Spurs, too. The I, Spurs have him and Zach Collins now. Yeah. And, did I see Sam Decker? He's with the Raptors. He's with the Raptors. Okay. I'm just, it's all these. Just picking white guys or what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Spurs just, I do not understand what what, what they're doing. And I don't mind it at all. It's great to see them make these weird moves. Yeah. It it feels like they're, they're flirting with tanking, but they like their, their kind of young guys too much to get rid of. Yeah. Like, Like Derek White and. Murray could Murray. probably, you know, is he going to do anything great for this Spurs team this year, or could he be somewhere a little more competitive? I, I don't know. Yeah. How how long does this experiment last? What's going to happen when Pop retires? Like, who knows what's going to happen? I think that's going to be here before we know it, too. He, oh. he seems to have lost a step. Hey, look. We're going to talk Olympics here, so let's just yeah. transition. Yeah. Did you see the clip of Pop kind of laying into the guys in the second quarter of the game against Spain? No, I didn't see this. Oh, he he shot it to those guys pretty straight. With Kevin Durant and Damian Lillard sitting on the bench, Pop let him know. And I don't know how many coaches get away with that nowadays or even attempt to do that nowadays, but... I like it. I like seeing that going on for Team USA, who lost some games that they shouldn't have, wow. and uh, we're in a tight game with Spain at the time. I, I like seeing that. It, yeah, we we need well, that. And it worked out because we were tied with Spain at halftime, and then we ended up winning by twelve or fifteen, however if, many points it was. Could you imagine how ugly that game would have been if Ricky could score thirty-eight points? They had three starters that didn't score at all. 
goose eggs, man. It was Rubio that was with 38. Weird. They had someone else who had seven, and that was it from the starters. <laughs> that was pretty so rough. weird. And then yeah. I think after the game, the Gasol brothers both announced they're retiring from international play. <laughs> I, I, I think yeah. they're finally hanging it up. So Spain will, uh, they won't be the national powerhouse that they quite used to be. That's speaking yeah. of uh, everyone aside the U.S., they were probably number right. two. Yeah, they were good. From yeah. Spain, Argentina, those teams were pretty good back in the, Ginobili, Scola days for Argentina. Right. right. Uh, yeah, there's just kind of a changing of the guard within international play with, you know, new guys from, uh, like this Nigerian team. They were really uh, a pleasant surprise to see. That was exciting. And Luca's doing his thing with Slovenia, which is like so confusing for me because. It, if he played anywhere else or if the situation was any different, I know I'd be loving it, but I don't because it's Luca. I hear you. Hey, you can root for uh, Zoran Dragic had a big game for them. I in do, last yeah, game. I can root for Zoran still. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Booker, he's been, he played well in the game against Iran. Uh, I think he was the second leading scorer in that game. And then, one of the top leading rebounders in the game against Spain, even though he didn't shoot very well. But it's cool to see him in there. Yeah. I, I don't really have a ton to say about Booker's play, except for the fact that when it's not going, he's hitting the glass, he's doing the little things. And I think one of the bigger takeaways is that he's uh, he knows his role on the team. I don't think he's trying to outshine Lillard or Durant or something like that. I think he's just there to try to help the team win. And it's kind of kind of cool to see, due to him being our star, that we rely on 40 minutes a game, every single game, more or less. But seeing him kind of take a backseat, I enjoy that. Maybe, you know, maybe next Olympics, he takes that step up and he kind of runs the show a little bit more. Yeah. Him and Tatum, that'd be a pretty pretty fun that'd be cool olympic duo for years to come yeah and that will only be three years away oh yeah good point yeah that is going to be cool to see what happens as he takes that next step in his career and playing in the olympics and yeah i mean all i have to say is i wish i could watch these games it's on this peacock and i don't want to pay for it and they won't let you watch the olympics with the free trial and i think it's a bunch of garbage uh no one's happy about the Olympics, being able to watch them across all the NBC channels. It, you don't know when they're live. They switch back and forth. They're pretty heavy with the commercials. Not quite ESPN standards, but they're they're playing commercials. Oh, it's Well, in the 1500, yeah. Katie Ledecky, all that, that race takes 15 minutes or so. And they showed a commercial in the middle of the race. That's wild. It doesn't get worse than that. That's pretty wild. You know what I saw today? My wife and I had it on. Uh, a swimming marathon. Have you ever seen that before? No, I've never watched that. And apparently, my, I didn't see this, but Natalie said they were grabbing each other's ankles. <laughs> what the heck? Like, it, there was a little bit of contact. It wasn't, like, crazy, but mm. it looked like they're... I couldn't imagine that. When I looked at the clock, 
it had been an hour and 48 minutes and they're I don't know if they're swimming in the sea or the ocean I don't know where they even are but there's boats surrounding them and stuff but I said has this been on for an hour and 48 minutes and she's like yeah they've been showing the whole thing <laughs> what the heck and how do they do that and then flip back and forth between 20 different sports in the period of 30 minutes at some point it's right. so weird I yeah. mean, this happens every four years. It feels like you could have a great plan to be able to show it to everybody in in some sort of reasonable fashion, but whatever they're doing right now is not it. Right. Yeah, it's a little odd. We were watching some diving last night. Ooh, we had that on right before the yeah. podcast, yeah. Yeah, that's just like the most impressive thing. The synchronized diving, though? Oh, yeah, we watched the synchronized diving. Yeah. That's... Man, it's just so wild. Those guys oh, that's are crazy. Yeah, I can't. And I, I made a comment. I said, if I tried that, that's the last thing I do. Like I'd just die. <laughs> I remember, as a teenager, I was finally able to do a one and a half off the diving board, oh, like, wow. a, like a flip and then dive. Mm -hmm. thought it was pretty cool and then you know after you do 10 of them you start getting a little tired the last one i have ever attempted in my life was the worst belly slash face flop i've Mm. ever done in a pool Mm. and that's i said i'm retiring from amateur diving this very (laughs) minute yeah well i have a terrible experience jumping off a high diving board and Landed right on my back, tried to do a 360, just went horizontal, landed on my back. <laughs> Don't need to give any more details, but it was oh, not that, pleasant. I can hear it. I, it I can hear the slap. so bad. It hurt so bad. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't mess with that stuff. Oh. Well, we're halfway there. Should we get into non-sports? Yeah, yeah, let's just take it even further. So, for our non-sports section of the show, we had this realization because, Chuck, you were saying you were playing Red Dead Redemption 2. And we had a realization that we both grew up in the wild, wild west, if you will, in South Dakota and Wyoming. So what's the most wild west thing you've ever done? See, I'm pretty tame when it comes to the average South Dakotan. Didn't do a ton of hunting or fishing or farming or horseback riding or anything like i've ridden a horse a few times but mm-hmm. I, I, I guess maybe i'm gonna stay i'm not gonna say anything illegal that i've ever done that could maybe be considered that but <laughs> i i have gone cow tipping before cow tipping ah yes i i was very young and i don't remember much of it but i remember the the scenario mm. I, I, I was really trying to think this through, and I, I have some cool stories, but not many personal experiences. What, what yeah. about you? What about you? So mine, I guess, isn't really all that exciting, but in Wyoming, there there's a little town called Cody, and uh, that's actually where Kanye's ranch was, and ah. people were very upset about that. They did not like it. But anyway, in a little outside of Cody you can see the hole in the wall where Butch Cassidy used to go and his gang would meet up there and they'd put like little messages to each other there. And I've been there. 
that's the closest thing that I've ever done, I think. And it's okay, pretty okay. cool. You got some good history there. Well, in that case, Western South Dakota is full of the whole Wild West experience. Right, exactly. With, like Wild Bill and all that stuff. That's all in Sturgis and uh, Deadwood and Custer right. and those. Those yeah. are some pretty cool spots, and they, they still look the part to some extent. Like It feels yeah. like you go back in time. It's I really like that stuff. It's cool. Yeah, I'll yeah, tell. I, I want to tell one story mm-hmm. about an old relative who is known as Buffalo Joe. I share uh, not a full name, but my middle name is his first name. You probably know it, Mitch, but I do know it. But yeah, so he was <laughs> Buffalo Joe, and he was part of the last great buffalo hunt in I. I believe it was South Dakota. It may have, yeah, it was West River, South Dakota, where this happened. And there's this big certificate from it. And then I owned this old, crazy shotgun that this guy used to own. I think it it has to be from the eight, late 1800s, if I had to guess. Wow. I, I don't have a date on it, but it's it's really old and it's just beautiful. And like when you see it, you know it's something kind of special. I, I don't know many more details about it. I don't know like the brand or anything, but just having a part like, and then I have a, another, okay. My, my relatives from Western South Dakota, this is the wild West type stuff. One of them shot a bank robber as they were trying to get away on their horses, which is, I, that's about as wild West as you can get. So that's right. Just, just having that as part of the family tree kind of, <laughs> I, I get some rep there. Yeah, I don't have anything quite, I mean, my family, they were coal miners when I first got to Wyoming. I guess that's kind of along those lines, but I don't know of any bank heists being foiled or anything like that. (laughs) Oh, that's good stuff. Anyways, this is a good place to end the show. We thank you guys for tuning in. In the future, I'm not exactly sure our what our schedules are going to be like because mitch you'll be at summer league i'm not making it this year so we're gonna probably try to fit one in maybe before yeah maybe during we'll just have to see we'll maybe be keeping this posted on twitter yeah i'm not sure what we'll do because summer league games do start pretty soon here and then sunday i believe sunday i'll be there for the game against the blazers the last before the tournament i'll be at that game so yeah i'm not quite sure what we'll do but we'll keep an eye on those summer league games and i don't know if there's even gonna be any players of note but yeah well episodes might be a little bit sporadic a little bit but we'll we'll keep you up to date follow us on twitter yeah, we're in the off-season grind now. You guys, uh, we all need our off-season. So yeah, that's right. We hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, enjoy Summer League coming up, and we'll see you back with another episode soon. Go Suns.